Welcome to Hotel Moments. Today's guest, we have Rob Smith, who is the EVP of Full Service and Resorts for Ambridge Hospitality. Thank you for joining us today, Rob. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you today. Like I said, I on the call earlier. Um, I've been seeing you a lot lately, so thank you again for making the time. Uh, the first thing that I would love to do right now is to talk about you. Um, I did a little research. I looked into you a little bit, and you're a lifelong hotelier. How did you get into hospitality? Uh, you know, I, I went to school for accounting, and I was a waiter uh, in college, and uh, just fell in love um, with the hospitality side, and first went in through accounting and in hotels, but but soon found that I was not a desk jockey, and I moved over back to the operations side and haven't looked back. So I I uh, been at it really right even before I started school. That's yeah, that's great. Um, and I also saw that you uh, moved from Aruba. You did a lot. Of, you had a lot of your experience in Aruba, and now you're in Texas. So how did that happen? Yeah, you know, I was um, I, I was a GM in the states for a while and had the opportunity to move out to the Caribbean, and uh, started in Jamaica and St. Thomas and and uh, St. Croix and Puerto Rico, but really found my home in Aruba. I spent uh, more than 16 years there. I met my wife there, had four children. Um, and really had a great time. I ran two big box uh, resorts and casinos, as well as uh, served as a tourism official for the island for about four years. So great time spent. Um, was very sad. It's my second home as always, but having having uh, to continue to grow, joined uh, Ambridge here back in Texas in 2012. Well, how would you say it differs? I mean, besides the obvious, working Aruba and then working back over, you know, stateside. Well, you know, the great thing is part of my job, I'm over Caribbean resorts for the company. So I get to go to all the great places. We manage an asset, nice. we manage the Marriott and Curacao. Um, so I'm all over the Caribbean on a regular basis. I get back to Aruba quite a bit. My wife uh, still has family there. So it, it was an adjustment uh, to move back to the States and we miss Aruba dearly. But um, from a career perspective, it was, uh, it was a great thing to do. You know, one of my favorite questions to ask on this show is, uh, what is your favorite story from hospitality? And in you having so much experience, I, I have to ask you specifically, what would be your favorite story, either on property or like, you know, uh, company-wide? What would be your favorite hospitality story? Oh, God, I, I have a zillion hospitality stories, <laughs> most, most of which I, I cannot tell. Um, but I, I ran uh, the Jupiter Beach uh, Hilton for a uh, time early in my career. And across the street was the Burt Reynolds Theater. And uh, Burt Reynolds was in the hotel all the time with all different uh, celebrity friends of his. And it was just a great time for me to meet and interact on a, you know, one-on-one -on -one friends and family basis with just some really cool people. And I'll always remember it. That's great. Did, the, did your team, like did the hotel team, they knew who he was, they were equally excited? Or oh, they yeah, he, he owned the Burt Reynolds Theater across the street. so. Um, he not only was uh, utilizing the hotel on a regular basis, but everybody that he brought in for the theater would stay at the hotel. So it was like a big family and, and he was a wonderful human being. So that's one of the great things about hospitality is it opened so many doors for you to travel all over the world and meet just great, wonderful people. Yeah, I, um, I checked in Eddie Money to a Hampton Inn I worked at one time and the front desk had absolutely zero clue of who Eddie Money was. Even after I told them, I was like, take me home tonight? Do you take us to paradise? Like, how do you guys not know about this? No, they didn't have a clue. So that's why I had to ask that question. Cause even though you have a theater across the street, sometimes 
these things happen. So I had to ask you that question. So thank you for that. So when I think of Ambridge, I, I think of positivity and I think of growth. And I mean, this past year, uh, hospitality has obviously suffered, but it seems like you guys, there's nothing stopping you. So I see you guys growing in hotels and in hiring. Um, how are, I mean, how are you able to keep doing this? What's your secret? Well, I'll tell you one of the things. We made a decision uh, early on in the pandemic, um, while uh, many of our competitors and, and the brands were making the painful decision to lay folks off, that as a company, we were going to hold on to our operation staff and, and not let go of anyone because we knew that our owners and our, our property staff were going to need the support, regardless of the reduced occupancies and the loss of business. And it's really paid off for us. It wasn't our intention, but because we've been there uh, during a hard time, um, our owners uh, respected that, they loved it, and uh, we've grown because um, other hotels have paid notice and um, they want us to manage their property. So during the pandemic period, uh, we've added about 450 hotels to our pipeline. So the growth has just been, it's been amazing, like you said, and, uh, yeah. and exciting. But we're, we're more excited about the fact that we're now bringing back our staffs in the properties as business levels return, and we're starting to see um, you know, light at, at the end of this pandemic. Yeah, that's one thing that I've always been curious about is that many hotel companies have cut most of their operations staff. So they're running completely skeleton crews right now. Occupancy is going to come back, but I have to imagine, I'm guessing that it's going to come back in bursts. How do you, like, how are they going to prepare for something like that? You bring back staff, what, for just a short period of time until it's slow again? Um, but it doesn't, it looks like you guys have thought kind of further down the line on that. Um, well, and when I talk about operation staff, I'm talking about our corporate support of the properties. Mm -hmm. Okay. At the properties, um, we've really leaned on our managers. I mean, I, I respect them more than ever because they're wearing all kinds of hats to make sure that we keep the lights on um, during the low periods of occupancy. You know, one of the exciting um, stories about the field is, is during the pandemic, a lot of the uh, older workforce within our properties made life decisions, went into other um, other forms of work, whether it's public sector uh, work or they made, uh, you know, uh, career uh, changes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our millennials um, see it as a positive. When I'm out in the field, they're saying, you know, I thought it was going to be years till I saw jobs open that I could grow into. And now I see all this opportunity and, and just how fresh that is to walk in and see excitement about as the business comes back. Um, a lot of young people wanting to join our industry and wanting to be a part of our company and part of the guest experience. So um, it, it's been exciting for me to, to see some real energy about things coming back. Yeah, I've been hearing something similar. People looking um, as this is an opportunity of growth. Uh, I guess it's the kind of the silver lining, you know, um, having all of these new positions and Yes, lots of people got furloughed during this time, but now is the chance for them to really take their career to the next level. Um, so again, that's why I love seeing that you guys are still hiring and still growing. Um, that yeah. has been amazing. What do you think has been your biggest lesson through all of this? You know, I, I'm a, a glass a half full guy, and um, I see that there was a real silver lining to this, that uh, people during the pandemic learned to appreciate each other more, um, learn to lean on each other more, learn to uh, accept help from others uh, where they wouldn't in the past. And um, I think the guest is being appreciated more than ever uh, because um, our hotel saw a time period when we didn't have them. 
and uh, sometimes you have to be reminded about you know the good things in life so um i think that uh you know the the whole hospitality industry uh will have a, a real resurgence and rebirth as our business comes back um and it's 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 just exciting yeah um uh so question for you i know that ambridge large largely uh has branded hotels but you also have a number of independent properties as well how would you how do you think that that this is differing you know affecting them differently with brands versus independents you know uh, unfortunately the pandemic uh really had everybody suffering as as mm -hmm. business travel and leisure travel was down and it really is a market specific question um you know, the brands weathered the storm a little bit better because they had um, the customer base and um, usually the independents do better when uh, there is um, a concentration of business in the market and compressions created. Um, but really, um, they've all it's all really market to market to answer that question. Yeah. OK, I guess that, that definitely makes sense. Um... What I can tell you, uh, Jennifer, is um the types of businesses change like our our drive markets that have demands like our coastal properties um in texas or in our coastal properties in uh, on the west coast um you know they've been running uh, unusually high occupancies uh especially in uh, the summer period and on the weekends because people want to get out of their homes um they feel they can socially distance uh in in a hotel environment um, in many cases, they're moving into coastal properties because they're working from home and they'd rather have a balcony with an ocean view. So, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of different reasons and demand generators that we didn't see pre-pandemic. But um, so those assets have been thriving during these time periods. Yeah, I, I yes, I've also been hearing that as well. So um, with the drive markets, everyone's kind of working remote right now and kids are learning remote right now. So the availability to work anywhere has uh, definitely increased. Um, how do you think like outside of the drive markets, how are they how are they holding up? Like, how are they surviving? Well, you know, we're tracking that very closely. And with 1600 hotels, um, we certainly have a data point that I think we can trust across the U.S. and you know, as the pandemic uh, started opening up in June or July, we saw properties uh, across the company getting back into the mid 40s to 50 percent occupancies, mostly uh, concentrated on the weekend or long weekends. Midweek was hurting. Um, we continually approved up until about October. And then we saw a little bit of a blip in November and December where we got back in the 30 percent. A lot of it had to do with uh, market specific lockdowns as there was a resurgence, but we're seeing it again uh, in January, business grew in the month for the month from our forecast perspective. February, we're running in the mid forties and in March, we're looking like we're gonna knock on the door 50%, which, you know, two years ago, I would have cringed at, uh, right. but, but today uh, <laughs> I'm ex very excited to hear about a 50% month and, um, and especially in the leisure uh, destinations. We run uh, a, a few uh, beautiful properties that we are on the Grand Reserve uh, Hyatt in um, in Puerto Rico and it's a beautiful property and transient bookings the last three weeks have been on fire. So uh, people want to get out and they're, you know, as they get some confidence that the numbers are going down and vaccines are going up. Right. I think, I think we're going to see a huge surge in business. 
I agree. And I keep hearing this rumor that it's going to be 30% increase over last year, which won't put us at the 2019 occupancy numbers. But I really think that everyone's been pent up so much, like so long that there's going to be this just huge surge as soon as people feel safe. So I hope that that's. I'll tell you, for, for 2021, Jennifer, I don't even look at it as a year. I look at it as in quarters. You know, the first quarter, yeah. we're still in lockdown in, in many cases, and we're going to run uh, uh, poor occupancies and not get back to 19. Is there a chance by the fourth quarter we get back to 19? I, I don't think we're going to get there yet, um, but I think we're going to uh, get within a good margin. Uh, but I think that we're already seeing uh, group bookings in early 22. Um, and I think by 23, we'll be back uh, and, and be ahead of 19. So, um, you know, if you look at, at the past in 1918, when the, the last major pandemic, right afterwards, we had the roaring 20s. So, yeah. you know, we're hoping that um, the pent up demand uh, creates that kind of atmosphere. I love your positivity. And I think that you're right. And I think it explains the growth, right? So where else are you guys looking to expand to? Like, where are you guys focused on growth now? Well, uh, we'd love to grow um, uh, more in the Caribbean. We have uh, about 10 hotels in the pipeline that we hope to close here uh, shortly. Uh, we've got a major announcement coming up in Mexico in the next few weeks um, uh, where it's a, an M&A deal, which is going to be a game changer for us and a platform for us to continue to grow uh, through Latin America and increase our presence in the Caribbean. Um, and, uh, you know, we're not looking for growth just for growth's sake. We're, we're looking to grow smart in the right way. And, and um, uh, you know, that's we, we think those exciting things are, are going to keep happening for Ambridge. Yeah, I think that you um, are definitely the industry leader. And I think that people look to you. Uh, so, yeah, that's amazing. If you had any advice out there for uh, hoteliers or people who are, struggling right now in the hotel space, what would that be? Well, the advice I've been giving uh, to our owners who have had a tough time and, and you know, my heart goes out uh, to some of the investment struggles that we've all been through um, this year, but it's certainly all indicators, um, all data points, whether it's future group bookings or transient on the books, uh, everything is pointing to recovery. Um, so I think as long as uh, the vaccines stay uh, on schedule and um, we're able to uh, keep this momentum going, I think it gives owners a, an opportunity for optimism. Also, uh, you know, during the, the pandemic, uh, you know, we've reset a lot of uh, things on how we approach the properties in the market and we're not going to back those too quick. We're going to make sure that our owners start to recover financially uh, before we start uh, getting back to the old operating model. Yeah. Um, is there anything also when so when you're looking to open these hotels, is there anything new that you guys are trying to implement in these properties, like just based on uh, the reactions from COVID and what the new type of guest is looking for? Um, any new policies or technologies or anything like that? Well, I think it, when you when you're looking at that, you're looking at short and long term. And um, we certainly are looking for um, contactless touch points right now during COVID. Uh, I don't think the hotel business um, will ever go too contactless because we're a human business and we're, <laughs> right. we're, we're born in hospitality. We're and, in the business of hospitality. Exactly. It, it just doesn't work when the, the, the humans aren't um, involved. You know, obviously right now during this time period, we're not giving daily housekeeping service unless the guests mm -hmm. 
want it because for the most part, they want to know once they check in um, that no one else is in their room and it right. makes them feel safer and more secure. Well, we don't think that'll be forever, but um, for now, it's the right thing to do. Um, uh, we're, we've had, uh, during this time period, we've added very robust marketplaces uh, to our hotels, even our upscale properties. Uh, and the guests like the opportunity to go in and browse and whether it's buy uh, beer or wine or upscale uh, prepackaged food, um, you know, we learned from the restaurant industry that was doing it outside the hotel that people are, they still want to eat out. They just want to take yeah, it home. Yeah. Or take them. So we've got a very robust market now in, in all of our assets that's uh, really uh, been producing well. And I don't think that's going to change either. I think that the, the customer still is going to want um, that as an option going forward. So um, I agree. So like, so the most hotels have taken away the breakfast and everything like that. Do your markets address that now? So like anything that the restaurants would have um, offered, is yeah, it we, now available in the market? We, as Ambridge, we and most of the brands never took away breakfast. They just modified how it was offered. Oh, early nice. On, yeah. Early on, it was offered as a, a takeaway bag and, you know, had a piece of fruit and a, a small breakfast item. Um, it's evolved now where uh, they still, it's still a takeaway or they, come and get it and sit somewhere in the lobby or the restaurant. And it's one hot item and uh, cold items in a bag. Um, eventually we'll get to, uh, I believe we'll get back to buffets, but they won't be serve yourself buffets. They'll be manned yeah. uh, served buffets that can be done um, uh, in the safest way possible. Um, but breakfast is, is a staple for a hotel stay. So um I think breakfast is going to be back uh, as soon as occupancies come back to uh, a reasonable level. I agree. Um, and it's interesting that you mentioned that it's going to be, you know, the buffets will be back, but it'll be manned. Do you think there's anything else like that that's going to change because of COVID? Do you think people are going to be um, not wanting that daily housekeeping service as often? Or do you think that's going to go back? You know, all of these little things that we've changed due to COVID, uh, I'm wondering how many of them are going to stick. Yeah. You know, if you look at um, the uh, non-hotel market, the Airbnb or condo rentals, um, they never have daily housekeeping service. They have it at uh, a checkout. The room gets clean for the next person. So um, I don't know if we want to get to that. It's less service. It's not what we do in full service. But right. I, think there'll, I think there'll be less contact points in the guest room uh, going forward uh, because people, um, they just have a newfound privacy, if you will. Um, so I, I don't think there'll be as much uh, in-room service, but I don't think it's going to uh, go the way of an of a Airbnb or something like that. Right. And I think that's smart uh, because Especially coming in our resorts, right. know, in our resorts, we have families and, you know, mom has to clean at home or dad has to clean at home and they don't want to do it when they're on vacation. So right. um, we're going to go to daily service in our resort properties as soon as the customers allow us to. People go to hotels for the experience too. Exactly. You go to you want that hotel experience. You don't otherwise you would go to a short term rental. So exactly. Yes, and keeping the hospitality in there as uh, company wide for Ambridge. Is there anything that you're communicate communicating with the hotels right now to keep that guest experience, um, you know, up and keeping the guests engaged? Because you know we we do have less touch points now. So how how are you kind of communicating that with the hotels? Well, we've done several programs. We, we participated um, in the WELL program, uh, which is a certification 
um, where th they certify that the property has gone through all the proper safety and cleanliness guidelines. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen recent uh, media around that program, but that's been a big uh, a big hit, and we've done that company wide. Um, we're making sure we don't lose touch points. Uh, most of our hotels, uh, because of our staff having to wear masks, have created uh, uh, buttons or badges so that the guests can see their smile and see their face. Um, because that, that's a big part of how we communicate nonverbally, right? Yes. Um, and, you know, it's important that uh, we've done training on, on, you know, voice and how your voice uh, responds in a nonverbal manner during these time periods to make sure that we keep the touch points up. Um, and although we're keeping things at a social distance, we're, we're trying hard uh, to make sure that there's a guest interaction in every guest experience um, because the, the customers want it. They're, when our travelers, when our, when our business travelers travel, they're looking for a home experience away from home. They and are. They, yeah, they don't, you know, they're doing it now, but they don't want to sit in their rooms. They want to, even if they're by themselves, we, they want communal dining. They want an area where they can be with others and work with others. And, and I think it'll come back soon uh, and robust once, um, uh, you know, once we get through the vaccine process. I think that we are all in desperate need of it. I do. So that's fantastic. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? We're almost here at time. So I want to give you an opportunity if you want to add well, anything you know, else. Always, uh, always um, willing and able to give an Ambridge commercial. It's a company I love. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, we talked earlier about uh, being the largest. We are 1600 uh, hotels yes. strong. And um, uh, a lot of folks think that we're a select service uh, company because we do run 1300 select service properties. But at 300 uh, full service uh, hotels and resorts and luxury properties, uh, we're by far probably, you know, eight to 10 times our, the largest operator in that sector as well. So, um, uh, you know, we're excited about growth and uh, we're excited about uh, a consistent product and, and we're excited about people coming back to work. So uh, we hope that um, as things open up, uh, we're also the employer of choice and we get uh, people coming to Ambridge. So we're, we're excited about it. Rob, honestly, I mentioned this on our call earlier. I worked for Evolution and being a part of Ambridge, I can attest to the fact that you guys invest in people and it's an amazing company to work for. Um, you know, that's all it's a common misconception that the larger the company is, the less that they're focused on the individual person. And that is just not true uh, for Ambridge. So thank you so much for, you know, providing that type of experience to your employees. No, I'm happy you, that I get to say that. Thanks for having me on today. It's been fun. You're very welcome. Everyone, remember that you can download any of these podcasts now on Spotify, iTunes, or on Google. We'll see you again next time. Thank you.